This episode of Nintendo Power Block is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support Nintendo Power Block and the Boss Rush Network, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash network and see which tier is right for you. Thanks for your continued support. Welcome to Nintendo Power Block 2024. It's the Nintendo Game of the Year episode, and I'm your host, the enlightened and excited Eddie V. And joining me, of course, is the one, the only, Bossman himself, Mr. Curry Derrick. Hello, good sir. Yes. <laughs> Hello. I've arrived. I'm here. This 2024. We are going to have a good time. Boss, we are in the building for right yeah, now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, guess how there's... it? How? I mean, it's still. I mean, so this is the first episode of the year. Obviously, uh, we're recording this on New Year's Day, but it's not going up till whatever a week from today is the eighth, I guess, uh, or the ninth, I guess would it would be. Um, so. You know, we're trying to get ahead on a couple things, but uh, technically everybody's still on break until next week. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ed, we had a good, uh, I mean, I had a good break. Uh, we did our our Boss Rush uh, Bossies Game of the Year discussion already. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Um, so, yeah, break's been pretty busy. <laughs> pretty busy. How 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 is your break, Ed? How is your Christmas? How is your New Year's? How is how's how's life? So, um, my my Christmas, I had to work. Everybody, I had to work that whole day. Uh, um, but I did get to game after Christmas. Uh, catching up on a lot of Xbox stuff. I I will say that. Um. And the reason why I have been playing a lot of Xbox is to get ready for our Game of the Year discussion uh, and for our bossies, for the boss, uh, um, the boss rush uh, awards. So I have been playing a lot of that stuff. And of course, you know, being a Nintendo fan that I am, fighting hard for Nintendo <laughs> to be recognized and everything. Wait, you're a Nintendo sure. fan? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, oh, so, uh, so I've been doing that. Uh, my hands been healing uh, with my finger. Uh, my doctor said uh, I have to keep watching it more. Um, but he said I don't have to work. Uh, I don't have to use my case around my finger when I'm home. He said go ahead and take it off. But when I go to work, uh, make sure that I have it on and everything. So I've been doing that. Uh, just catching up on a lot of like backlog stuff, uh, for 2023 and a lot of stuff that, uh, I have, I needed to start and finishing everything. So I've been doing that, um, beginning into some good writing and stuff. Um, and that's what I kind of been up to and everything and kind of just looking forward to, uh, 2024, planning out what I want to do more. Definitely 
definitely get back into more writing and stuff um here for boss rush uh and just could start working like really being more dedicated to playing more nintendo games and speaking out to them um there's gonna be an expression pass give you guys a head up uh, about the indie games because i felt like this 2023 indie games kind of fell by the wayside due to the fact that there was so much great stuff on all three consoles and even pc um that came out from major publishers mm-hmm. um first party and third party and so like uh i kind of want to have a dis- we're going to have a discussion about uh kind of what just happened for indies this year um in a sense oh go ahead Corey. oh i wasn't saying anything i was just listening i was just oh. hanging out <laughs> uh, trying so, to hide a cough <clears throat> which i didn't do very successfully so whoops <clears throat> So, uh, but that's kind of how uh, how my um, Christmas and holiday was. I did get some gift cards. I got some cash. Um, I got a new tire for my car. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. And pretty much it still hasn't like fully snowed here yet. So haven't experienced like uh, a winter winter just yet. So, which is fine by me. You know, mm-hmm. don't have to deal with the snow, don't have to deal with traffic and anything and stuff. Um, New Year's, uh, I got to sing at my friend's church in the morning and at night. Uh, but we had kind of been dead at work because uh, of New Year's and stuff. And I knew people were going to come in and that's for alcohol and like we don't sell it and everything. Shocker. Um, so uh, <laughs> there was one customer that confused us. Um, he was trying to return some uh, red and green holiday M&M's. And we can't take no more holiday stuff back at my job. And he was just like, oh, you can't? We'll see what we'll see what Charles had to think. And me and the cashier were just like, who is Charles? <laughs> just like, because uh, Charles don't work here and he's not the head of the company. Like, do you know? She's like, uh-uh, I don't know. <laughs> do you? I'm just like, that's news to me. And so I need, I need to see Charles and where he comes from. Is, is oh, Charles. Like, that does Charles. Charles. Does Charles has a, have a W-2 from Illinois? <laughs> I need to see that. <laughs> so we, we were just, we was cracking up about that in our thing. Um. Oh, but yeah, that's when I used of... to work at the restaurant, we used to get stuff like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, especially when we started serving alcohol, uh-huh. people would just come in and be like, I'm going to talk to Dave. And we're all like, who's Dave? Who's Dave? Like... <laughs> not a Dave that works here. <laughs> right. So, so. Uh, he must have thought we were CVS or something, because I was just like, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> this is Walgreens. We do not know who a Charles is. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, just that stuff right there. Um, and uh, and uh, for just to let people know, um, like, New Year's, this is th- the day that we're recording is my first day off for the year. Um like New Year's Eve was like my last day to work for 2023 um, and everything. Uh, and I don't go back to work until Wednesday. So I'll be gaming some more uh, and stuff and getting and, and cleaning and, and doing things like that. But that's kind of how my like holiday went. 
um, definitely playing a lot of games and stuff. Just like really enjoying it. Uh, all the gameplay and stuff. It still got. I still got Armor Core Six that I need to get. Um, that one I still need to get for last year, but um, I'm excited for 2020. Uh, 2024 because i think the first game that first physical game that i am definitely buying is prince of persia um yeah prince of persia looks good man it's on my uh it's on my most anticipated list at least as of right as of you know today (laughs) that could change by the time it comes out and be like oh man that was disappointing but uh yeah prince of persia man that game's gonna be good yeah because i think what prince of persia Star Wars Outlaws, uh, Princess Peach, of course, um, of course, Dark uh, Luigi's Mansion, um, hopefully Metro Prime Two. I mean, Prime Four, of course, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Like that's that's a given. Um, Tekken Eight is a big one, definitely for me. So like having Prince of Persia at Tekken Eight this month in January, I'm super excited about. Uh, and like really at this time, Corey, I I don't know about the Nintendo Direct. Like we could we literally when that Nintendo Direct comes out, uh whenever they show it, we know there's gonna be Princess Peach and uh Luigi and Paper Mario, but like outside of that, I have no idea what Nintendo has planned. Literally, like I mean I, I think it's gonna be what we kinda predicted last year. You know, when, you know, I think I think Nintendo, this is I mean, this is going to be the last year for the Switch as the major primary console, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've kind of already gone over that a hundred times and, you know, stated our piece and whatever. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, this year is going to be pretty light in terms of major releases i mean we're gonna probably get like one or two right i mean princess peach i'm sure they're probably trying to set up as their tent pole first quarter game right i mean that's their only new game that's announced at the moment uh you know everything else is a remake or a remaster yeah Uh, so i bet i bet we'll get a bunch i mean metroid prime two and three i bet are shoe wins uh this year uh, which you know we're we'll get into that on our per, on the next episode is actually going to be our 2024 preview episode uh where we're going to kind of go over that those games the games that have been announced what we expect yeah and then there'll be an expansion pass tied to that uh for Nintendo Direct predictions and stuff like that I still don't think the new console's coming out this year Mm-mm, no you know you and I have talked a lot and I a 20 spring 2025 is what I'm predicting. It's what I've heard. It's what I've thought forever. Um, you know, especially if they are going to kind of support the switch the way they did 3ds, uh, you know, maybe for two years after that makes the most sense in my mind. Uh, but you know, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, dude, literally, I, I know I put out on a, a tweet out, uh, and I was just like, this year, I, I feel like Nintendo needs to be challenged by Microsoft. Like, game-related-wise, game, game related wise, they need to be challenged because I'm, 
not like Nintendo killing the game for the last seven years and stuff like that, seven, eight years. But I'm like, Microsoft, you guys need to challenge Nintendo because you got a powerful system. You got some great developers. You just got to put some games out to make us be like, ooh, Nintendo might not get nothing this year. Like, I want to see Microsoft really challenge them because, like, for the last couple of years, Microsoft and Sony, they haven't really challenged Nintendo. In games? Nah. Yeah, I mean... Microsoft Microsoft needs some games. Sony, I mean, Sony needs some games, too. I mean, I Nintendo seems to be the only one that's consistently producing first party, which is the opposite of the conversations we've been having for. I don't know how long, how long we've been doing this eight, nine, eight years, something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, you know, that, that's something we haven't said a lot of uh that nintendo is the one that's consistently putting out games uh now granted sony is kind of riding on momentum and microsoft has a ton um announced and you know obviously they've been acquiring studios left and right and all that kind of stuff but uh as of right now nintendo's the only one producing and they're on their (laughs) on their you know we're heading into year seven in march so right I think Microsoft. I think Microsoft probably got more announced games than the releases. Where Nintendo got more releases than announced games. <laughs> yeah. So, I uh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to this uh, swan song year. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is like we got some awesome games in 2023. I mean, we. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about it now, but. 2023 was incredible. I mean, it kicked off with a mainline Fire Emblem game, which, you know, I actually played a little bit of it over break just because, A, I knew this conversation was coming up and I needed to play more of it to have a better uh, have a better discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, it kicked off with that and then we got a Bayonetta prequel. We got a lot of great remakes and remasters this year. We got a new Zelda and a new Mario game. Like, I mean, this was the, I mean, the only game that was missing, I feel like this year out of stuff that's been regularly coming out is like a Xenoblade expansion, which I think we got some DLC this year. So yeah, we, uh, uh, future redeem. We got that. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that that came out. So yeah, uh, Metroid primary master turned out to be way more than a remaster. It exactly. felt like, um, so we we got a lot. We got a lot this year, Ed. Yes, how do you I mean, how did you feel about 2023 overall? Oh, I just thought it was a banger year for Nintendo. Like like outside of sales, game-wise, I'm like I, I this might be the most historic year for Nintendo. For Metacritic wise, I've been saying this in our discussions, and everybody probably probably tired of me saying it. But three first party titles in the nineties on Metacritic in one year, two of them new. Whether regardless of them being sequels, two new games and a remaster. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then just like giving us a variety, and yeah, Detective Pikachu. To my uh, the, the, the Detective Pikachu returns may not be the hit, 
the lowest game ready for Switch was everybody went to Switch. And it was, that was expected because nobody was asking for it. That's the lowest one. But I'm like, it's still part of a, like a, a, a great library of first-party games coming well, it's out. Like, it's like I told you. I know every... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go but ahead. Just to go on to, to the 1-2 Switch thing, just to, make, just to make a quick point that, you know, anybody out there can laugh at me or whatever, but like... I know everybody in the gaming space, quote unquote, made fun of it, but <laughs> my nephews are obsessed with one, two switch, like both of them. Uh, and they are obsessed with like those types of games. And, you know, I mean, they, they're both pretty big into Minecraft and Fortnite and uh, my one nephew's getting pretty into Apex Legends right now. And like, I'm like, man. Oh, also the other thing, side tangent real quick, just real quick. Uh, my one nephew came over and uh, he like, he really loves Spider-Man. He's like really obsessed with Miles Morales and mm-hmm. my nephew, my nephew looks just like him from, you know, the, the games and stuff. And he was playing, I he wanted to play Spider-Man because he was playing as him in Fortnite, right? Like the yeah. Miles skin and all this other stuff. So I popped, Miles or I pop Spider-Man 2 in on the on the PlayStation and he's like he's like so what what am I supposed to do I'm like I don't know go find a mission and do it he's like what do you mean a mission you know like because like he plays Minecraft and Fortnite there's not missions you know there's there's checklists right like quest checklists that you you know get this many kills or whatever he's like and after he did a couple he's like wait it's like I'm playing through a movie I'm like yeah, that's what mo- that's what most video games are. They're not like they're not all Fortnite and Minecraft. Like you actually get to play through a story and you kind of it's kind of like you're the star of the movie. And he was like super fascinated about it and I was like, "Oh, man." <laughs> man. I uh it just kind of like it was kind of fun slash scary to deliver that news to him, <laughs> <laughs> but um but back to one two switch, like they're obsessed with those games. They they love playing those games, and uh, that's why Nintendo keeps putting them out. You know, because those games do well. It's the same as Mario Party, although we haven't gotten as many as I thought we were going to get this generation. To be a hundred percent honest, uh, well, we got what three Mario Parties? Two. This year? Two. Well, oh, I mean on Switch. Yeah, we have two. Switch for Switch games, and then we have the N64 ones on NSO. Uh, and then the one, and then one of the Switch releases is just remakes of old boards. This Mario Superstars, which I played some of. Guess what? Mario Party still rules when you're playing with people who don't aren't super competitive and just want to have a good time. Uh, it's it's so crazy thinking about that. Uh, and I gotta research it there. Just from Nintendo's own IPs, there have been two games in their franchise or more um, that have came out. Like we got, if we talking about new games, I should say. Um, if you look at Mario, uh, just from from a platform perspective, we got Mario, uh, we got Mario Odyssey, and then Mario Wonder. I would, I would have count Mario. Uh, um, the the level one uh, Mario uh, Maker Mario Maker two I would have considered that but that's more for a maker game 
and stuff. But like stuff that's straight designed by Nintendo. Um, I'm I'm not adding ports or anything like 3D World Plus Bowser. I'm not adding that. But I'm just talking about like new stuff. Um, from mm-hmm. uh, with Zelda, we got even though Breath of the Wild was kind of a, a large game. Um, we got that, and we got Tears of the Kingdom. Fire Emblem, we got Engage and Three Houses. You know, Metroid, we we got Dread and Prime Remastered from the Metroid series, um, in a sense, even though it just would have been Dread uh, from that. But, like, we got stuff in those categories in our thing. Um, two Splatoons, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what else? Yeah, that's why I would have to look it up and like just go to stuff that a lot of their own IPs they they put out two games from that one IP. Smash Smash and Mario Kart is just one each, but you know they added more to Smash and added more to Mario Kart, uh, Mario Kart Eight. So it's an mm-hmm. interesting year for Nintendo. Um, this yeah. you know to say uh so yeah even with the steam oled and a uh uh rack is it rog ally mm-hmm. uh but even with those systems coming out uh nintendo still did a phenomenal job of having games come out and people buying the system and buying indies and third party and stuff on it so um, they they went strong this year, and they're hopefully planning to see what they could do for this year in twenty twenty five. Um, yeah, Nintendo's uh Nintendo's killing it still. You know, you know what? Also, I think Nintendo's advantages, especially because you know a lot of topic. There's a lot of topics of conversation around budgets, and you know. I mean, did you see that article that came out that Sony doesn't consider a $100 million game a high-budget game anymore? Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, man. Like, that, that they don't even consider that a AAA game anymore. Now, granted, that could have been under Jim Ryan, and they might change depending on, you know, whatever it's coming up. But still, like, Spider-Man, it came out that Spider-Man was like $312 million or something uh, was the budget on that game. And... You know, Nintendo's still working within the confines of a strict budget. You know, I mean, it's for the most part, you know, and they're still making quality titles. And I mean, Zelda is probably their most expensive title by far at yes. this point. But still, I I bet Zelda was cheaper to make than anything Sony's made this generation or last. Well, heck it, yeah. You it, know. And regardless of what Zelda's budget really was, they made that money back probably within the day of release or within that i mean 10 million 10 million copies in three days that's 700 Mm -hmm. plus some dollars Mm -hmm. or 600 plus some dollars i should say because the retail gets their part and all of that um and we we haven't even included what the digital version or how that did i'm like they they made bukus of money of over their budget they recouped that budget and then made more yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I think, I think 
the inevitable budget crashes of these companies, right? I mean, so I, I say that, but I guess Sony would really technically be the only one in trouble of this, right? Because Microsoft can sustain it because they're Microsoft and Nintendo right. doesn't work on, you know, every, not every one of their games is a $300 million title, right? I mean, like I said, Zelda might be the the one and that's just because it got delayed and they're such perfectionists that they're, you know, keep working on it but it's not it's not like zelda it's not like every game that comes out is going to be a 300 400 million dollar title right i mean right everybody's talking about gta and how that's going to be a what what was the number they were throwing around a billion dollar budget by yeah. the time marketing's done and the development is done and you know it's just like what are you what are you doing you know like why do you why i get it like the new gta looks beautiful right uh, gameplay aside, which by the way, I don't know if we had this conversation on here, but I downloaded GTA five. Cause I was like kind of, in, I was interested enough in GTA six that I was going to give the old ones a try, dude. I played probably an hour of GTA five and the controls were so bad. I just, I deleted it within an hour of me playing it. It was so, it was not very fun. Not going to lie to you. And I wish I, it was better, but it was and not. <laughs> I suffered through that whole game to beat it. Oh, oh you haven't, dude! You haven't even gotten to the fly mechanics of that game. You would have been like, "What the world is this?" <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm just uh, not gonna not gonna do that. <laughs> I, and I think, and I'm not gonna knock anybody love for GTA. No, I'm not either. I'm just saying that the controls gave me a headache, and I am not going to that makes me like unless the controls change for gta 6 which they might i mean granted gta 5 is 11 years old at this point Mm. like they might but you know my point is is i became less excited for six because of the controls of five so if you haven't played five in a while and you're excited for six just uh just uh don't go back you know just wait it out the trailer for GTA 6 looks good, but there still is no game. That What they show doesn't represent what the game is going to actually be uh, yeah. and how it's going to actually look and stuff. And look. so I'm not going to knock it or anything, but man, one of my friends just got done playing Sleeping Dogs. And I'm like, Sleeping Dogs is just like the perfect example of an open world game. And tight gameplay. See, I thought Sleeping Dogs was pretty bad too, but really, yeah, the the controls for Sleeping Dogs are pretty bad, in my oh, opinion. Shoot, the controls was easy to do to get to get used because it was just like Batman Arkham Asylum, really, uh, but better controls when you're driving and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I played it. Maybe my opinion will have changed, especially mm-hmm. on a new console and a new system, but when I played it, I thought that game was not very good. Yeah. But, I mean, whatever. If you, people like it, people like it. It's not my, you know, whatever. Cup I like tea. bad games, you know. Whatever. Whatever. Speaking of uh, speaking of bad games, Ed, Yes. We have some things to go over before we get to our... So at, we're going to read our top 10 games of the year here. And uh, 
I mean, I guess I really didn't. We'll we'll talk about the year in review after our top ten games for a little bit. But yes, um, and I got and we got some feedback uh, on Patreon specifically um, that people who subscribe in December and January kind of feel like they're not getting the content, which they aren't because we take three weeks off, right? Uh, yes. You know, the last two weeks of December and the first week of January. So I want to make it a point this year to not miss a week, even if we have to record in advance, uh, you know, and uh, I, I understand because, you know, I have been at the jobs where, you know, I listen to the podcasts to get me through the shifts or whatever. And when they're not there, it makes it a lot harder. And I understand that. And uh, so now that we've kind of skipped the first week of January, I I really don't want to miss any weeks this year for any of the content, even if we all have to record, you know, double up at some point or record mm-hmm. ahead or you know what I mean? Yeah, Um, that was that was some. So uh, when when we go through, well, when I go through exit surveys, I kind of read why people left. And that was like the biggest one when we lost people last year at this time. And uh, we lost a couple. We gained a couple, but we also lost a couple. And that was kind of their thing is like, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting what I pay for in January in December and January. Now, maybe they'll come back in February and you know, whatever, maybe they're sticklers for their subscriptions. Uh, but you know, that's something that I think we need to address this year is, uh, that, and also Ed, you and I had our end of year pow block meeting. Um, we are going to try to be more consistent with the show and not that we haven't been, but you know, we have some segments that we utilize sometimes and not other times. And uh, so starting after after the next episode, we are going to kind of really uh, try to fill out those segments as best as we can uh, mm-hmm. every week. Um, so just to. I don't know, I. I want the show to be the best it possibly can be. And sometimes we re-record super late and we're kind of tired. And I know you work long shifts and, you know, I get up early. So when we record late, I'm tired sometimes. And I would like to get our energy level more consistent. Uh, Yes. You know, we kind of talked about that as well. But I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about anything that you had thoughts on or anything before we kind of talk about power block for the rest of the year yes um well i know one of the things that i that we talked about is like really staying focused on nintendo and if we got if there's like news stories or opinions about other companies we're kind of just we're trying to kind of discuss them but like do it more or less um if we have an expansion pass um and sometimes our expressions pass may not all be Nintendo. It may be other uh, uh, other companies or news stories that we could really flesh out that discussion. We're going to try to uh, have those conversations, um, especially if it's like breaking news, you know, um, that 
uh, that informs everybody. Like maybe we'll come later on to that night to record something or uh, have our say when we do get to that expansion pass. Um, so that's kind of the thing that we are going to be trying to work on. Um, and stuff because I know there was a point in time <laughs> that we did focus on a lot of Microsoft stuff, um, and we did that for a reason because um, it was bigger news than what Nintendo had than any yeah. other Nintendo news and stuff, and we were just reacting to hearing that news. Yes, it's not; it wasn't a good thing for Power Block, but sometimes that stuff is related to Nintendo because it comes up in that story and it's, it ends up being part of the conversation and everything. So um, that is yeah. that's the kind of the thing that uh, we're going to try to work on. I know we talked about Microsoft in this intro in our thing, but that just that just shows us. Uh, or showed you guys, I should say, that we're rooting for Microsoft. We want them to do a great job because they do make fantastic games. And people who love their love their console and love the work of those companies, uh, we want to see them have more, just like we have with Nintendo. We love Nintendo, and Nintendo fed us a lot of games throughout the Switch library. And we want to see that for Microsoft. We want I personally want Microsoft to have a rich library of games for Series X. Yeah. I, on that point, I just want to say too, like, you know, even we're going to try to be more um, thoughtful of when we talk about other consoles, but we're still going to be talking about the other consoles in the way that it pertains to Nintendo kind of moving forward. Like, Ed said, mm-hmm. too, right? Like, we're going to kind of curate that stuff and make sure, like, we're not just talking about Xbox because we like Xbox. We're going to talk about Xbox because XYZ is happening and this is how it affects the Switch, or these are their games that are coming to Switch, right? Like, if, uh, you know, some rare games come to NSO, or, you know, if they decide to make a new Banjo Kazooie and they make it multi platform and they bring it to Switch or something, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. Right. Or, what if they have. Partnerships, that yeah, kind of one thing. Of, one of the ex Nintendo employees is um, now in charge of Bethesda. Um, I know that was news from last year, but I was just like, "Oh, really?" Like, it's this female lady who used to work at Nintendo. Now she's working at Bethesda, and so I'm just like, "Oh, if they got someone from Nintendo working <laughs> running to Bethesda, we're definitely going to see a change." And it's going to be interesting to see what she does with that company. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at in terms of that. We're going to, I mean, we have a segment called the, the other side or the, and the rumor mill. We're going to try to bring those segments in as often as we can, as it pertains to those consoles. But we're also going to be, I think we need to be more nitty gritty about the news too. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we usually pick the bigger stories and leave the smaller ones out. And I don't, I don't know that I feel like some of that smaller stuff is like what hardcore fans care about. And I don't know if we've done a good enough job of doing that this past year. And so I think we're going to start doing that too, even if it has, you know, eight or nine stories into the, uh, you know, into the, um, into the new section. So, yes. But anyways, I, 
I'm happy with how Pow Block did this year. You know, our numbers are up, and uh, it's just, and it's a it's a new year. It's time for it's time to it's time to keep growing. Time to keep going. You know, so new year, new season. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a new season. I would just say it's a, you know, well, this is always like a new season. You know, no, how we, you say that all the time, and it's not. It's the same. <laughs> Corey, you know, if, if there's a if there's a change and stuff, because I do feel like sometimes that, you know, even though it may feel the same, um, there might be different segments or there might be different things. The, um, and so, as you know me, I'm like, if I feel like there's a lot of new stuff coming, I'll be like, hey, it's a new season for us. This stuff. Nothing wrong having a new season. I, I, we're not. Yeah, in but our that new implies that we're a seasonal show, and we're not. <laughs> we're I an mean, annual show. Of course, but I'm just like, hey, a new season. Just yeah. if, if it feels right to me, that's what I'm saying. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, also we we are going to we are aiming to bring expansion pass back every week at some point this year. I don't know if it's going to be right away or if we're going to maybe aim for a Q2 kind of expansion pass every week, but I know people really want that. Uh and so we're kind of working on that schedule and maybe even putting it out on a different day because uh, book club comes out on Sundays and that would interrupt that schedule. I don't want two pieces of content coming out on the same day. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, yes. But yeah. Yeah. If you want to see how you can become a Patreon producer, head on over to patreon.com slash boss rush network. The Patreon producers for this month are Adriel Munger, Celeste Roberts, Christian S. Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Todd Oxtra. Thanks for your continued support of the Boss Rush Network and our family of podcasts. Well, Ed, so, yes. should we do this uh, Game of the Year stuff? Yes. Let's get into our top 10 games of 2023 for Nintendo Switch. All right, are we just going to go back and forth like we usually do? Like, I go, I pick one, you pick one, I pick one, you pick one type yes. thing? Okay. Yes. So I actually had a... I had, <laughs> I had trouble picking my games this year because I, play, I played a lot of Switch this year, but I played a lot of just a few games. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was like, not scrambling, but like looking through lists of like what games even came out this year and which games came out on Switch and which games you know, came out, but we're on other consoles last year and all this other stuff. So I, I have a list and I'm, I would say I am pretty, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my list. Are, what about, are you happy with your list, Ed? Now? Oh, yes. I, I, I'm just going to say real quick, one of my, one of my, uh, picks, Ed, is I I feel I feel some eye rolls coming out, but it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, for me it was just like placing my party like top five, top six, and then getting to the bottom. Just like 
what would fill my bottom? Because I did have, I did play a lot, um, but it was kind of just like, which do I place and where do I place it at in everything? Like, mm-hmm. definitely for my top three, easiest thing to do. It's and it's always that. It's just like my top stuff is easier to do. My bottom stuff is always hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my top, my top. I would say my top six were actually really easy this year. Uh, it's those last four where you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. Do right. I put this on? Do I not? Um, so I uh, also on at least on the Boss Rush podcast, we have the caveat of it had to have come out this year and we don't count remakes or remasters uh, unless it is voted on that is significant enough to that change the game enough like the way that Resident Evil 2 did or the way that Final Fantasy 7 remake did right where it, mm-hmm. it's essentially a completely new game uh but we're not doing that here because we don't want to yeah <laughs> essentially um all right do you want to go first or do you want me to I'll go first I'll go first so my number 10 also the caveat here is that Ed and I will do an overall game of the year after our bossy awards are out. Uh, and we'll do an expansion pass on our 2023 games of the year as a whole. But these are only games that released on Nintendo switch. Uh, they don't have to yes. be exclusive, but they do have to have released on Nintendo switch. So yes, uh, here we go, Ed, you're gonna, you're gonna uh, appreciate this one. Ed, my number 10 game for 2023 is none other than Lunark from our friends over at uh, WayForward. WayForward published it. Uh, it was developed by Ooh. Canary Games. It's essentially a uh, it's like a flashback style platformer, like the game flashback, not like a retro platformer, but like the game flashback. Yeah. And uh I just want to say that the game was really interesting and fun. And I had never really played a game like that before where like the, the platforming is super deliberate and the puzzles are, uh, you know, challenge challenging because of the, uh, the way the mechanics of the game work. Um, I want to say the pixel art and the pixel animation is incredible it's some of the best pixel animation I've ever seen in a video game. Not, I'm not saying like running and jumping that kind of animation. I'm talking about like the cutscenes that they've created are all mm-hmm. pixel. And I would just go look it up. It's available on everything, but I played it on switch and, you know, we talked a way forward after this game came out. Uh, not necessarily about this game, but you know, it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, it's, it's like fourteen ninety nine. I want to say, uh, I'm not exactly sure how much the game is to be honest. Uh, but it was really fun, and uh, yeah, I I think uh, if you are interested in puzzle platformers, you should definitely check it out. Uh, so yeah, that's my number ten game, Lunark from Canary Games and Way Forward. All right. My number 10 is Star Ocean, the second story R um, by Tri-Ace, Jim Drops, Incorporated, and Square Enix. I really love this game. Um, I haven't finished it yet, 
because of some other games that came out. Uh, but man, just put it in the time where I'm grinding. It's a good podcast album listening game. Um, great voice acting. Uh, it gets really challenging later on in the game. It's like uh, action based. Um, uh, time. I just well, not time battle, but it's like you know, it zooms you in and then you start doing the actions and you start fighting and stuff. Um, and it gets kind of like deep, um, a little bit. Uh, it's a remake of, uh, Star Ocean, the second story. Um, I believe the re, I, I, I'm trying to figure out if it's a remake of the PSP version, I think. I think it Uh, was the PSP version. Because I think that I think it's a it's a port of the PSP version. Okay, yeah. Because I'm like, did it ever come to PlayStation One? I think. Because I, I know. I'm sure it did, but I don't know enough about the history of Star Ocean or PlayStation to make that decision <laughs> to make that call. So. Yeah, the, the yeah. Star Ocean series is a really weird one um but i did play it on switch and it's just such a great game um but the voice acting uh there are kids that get murdered in this game (laughs) Mm -hmm. for part of the story i'm like oh wow um and it's i think it's it's a it's a traditional 30 to 40 hour rpg um but it may take you longer depending on what difficulty that you are on and everything and i think that's what i like about this that you do get to select your difficulty Uh, because there was a boss battle that i had to turn to easy because it was just whooping my tail and the difficulty part is the challenge of the game because sometimes like you are spending a lot of time grinding and then when you get to a boss battle um it's still kicking your tail um the ai is a little cumbersome but uh as a whole it really is a great 16 16 bit sprite looking game or 32 bit sprite uh looking game um really enjoyed it really had fun with it i am halfway done with the game i think i just gotta do about three more sections and then i'll be done with it um so um my number 10 game is star ocean the second story r Corey, what's your number nine um, my number nine is actually um, so it's a game that I actually ripped on a lot this year. And then I sat down and played more to, more of it because I was kind of in the mood for it. Uh, after mm-hmm. We had our game of the year discussions last week. And uh, so my number nine game is uh, Fire Emblem Engage from Intelligence Systems. I still think the story and the characters are very much lacking. Uh, especially because like most of the characters are characters that have appeared in the series before. And it doesn't really, it does revolve around a, like a new set of characters, but it, the story kind of relies on the older characters and also doesn't have a lot of the three houses kind of relationship building kind of get to know your party type thing. It, it has some of that, but not nearly as much as three houses does. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it reverts back to the rock, paper, scissors style battle system. That was kind of my only complaint about the, like, I guess from 3DS on or D, 
when was what was awakening on 3ds or ds 3ds right so uh yeah i mean it's it's cool it's fine uh i think the combat is super fun and it's definitely one of the best looking games on the switch i would say uh but i think i do think the story is a little lacking I do think the characters are a little lacking and it relies too much on people's nostalgia for characters that they may or may not know because a lot of those games never made it over here. You know, I think uh, the GBA games were the first ones to come over really in a, in a real way. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, we did get the, the NES port, earlier last year right i think of uh or maybe 2022 i guess uh but yeah i mean again the combat's fun it's great i think uh you know a lot of the 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 ring kind of mechanic is really interesting and i like the bonds that you kind of build with those characters but at the end of the day i think uh I think Fire Emblem Engage leaves a lot to be desired by people who may not have been playing since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so that I, I just think Fire Emblem has evolved past this simple stra- strategy game with no bells and whistles, right? I think I think the way that Awakening kind of opened up the relationship uh kind of battle mechanic and then you know, Fates kind of did that with Birthright, not so much Conquest. Uh, and then Three Houses, I think, made that series way more popular than it had ever been because Persona started getting popular, and this is mm-hmm. this had those types of mechanics in it. Uh, and then this one just did not. And I think I think this game left a lot to be desired to people who picked it up because of what Three Houses did for the series. Yeah, three houses just set the bar very high, and it 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 really feels like the new evolution of of the Fire Emblem series because just like you said, um, Engage is more of a traditional, and that's because Intelligence System did the development. Um, the past games have been by Kobe Tecmo and Intelligence Systems, like a company, like you know, them working together to make those games. And I kind of feel like I think Kobe Tecmo was able to bring a lot to the table along with Intelligence System, where um, it just put such a high bar and a high mark because you, people don't realize. You know, three houses sold out like twice. <laughs> they ran out of physicals, got more shipments in, and ran out of physicals again. And everybody was just saying who was the best house. There was a lot of discussion. And people just like been replaying it, you know, trying to see all the endings and um and battles and everything. And you know, having their own personal choice. And I guess three houses just had so much to offer that engaged just didn't have now don't get me wrong i i love the look of engage the music is phenomenal in engage um but it may not hold everybody's uh need to play more of it or anything and it's not it's nothing against far uh intelligence system because they are a great team and it is their property and everything uh but i think it was just because of the 
goodness and the quality of three houses to set the high bar that uh, people's expectations thought they were going to get that and more in the sequel, but unfortunately it did not. So, yeah. So that's my, uh, that's my number nine again, fun, super fun game in terms of the combat, but leaves a lot to be desired in between. So, yes. Uh, my number nine is Metro prime remastered. Uh, and I put this down low and as my number nine is because, of course, I played the GameCube version. Um, love, love, love this game. And the reason I didn't play it, put it higher, it is because it is a remaster. It looks beautiful once well, uh, but it's stuff that I did before. Um, and everything, and of course, I held out to the physical like a lot of uh, like a lot of other people. Um, so uh, that's kind of just only re- my only reason why it's low. It's still a phenomenal game. I still love the searching, um, the music. I still love the boss battles and everything. Like I still think it's a ten out of ten. Like no matter what, it's a ten out of ten. Um, but it's just low. It's it's low because I already experienced what the game has offered. It's just with this remaster, it looks literally beautiful. Plays it plays better than the GameCube version. I I really love the fact that um they went in with the controls and fixed a lot of stuff. Like I can still play like the GameCube version if I want to, but I think I'm so used to the new controls that it just feels so buttery smooth. Uh playing that game so my number nine is metro prior remaster like i i'm i'm happy it did the way um that it uh like with the sales and stuff um that people they did double dip they got the digital and they got the physical version and um i'm happy that this game did release i know it was rumored to be happening we just didn't know when or if it was and when it dropped this february at the nintendo direct Everybody just lost their mind, and Nintendo made coin off of it. And plus, it was like what forty dollars, forty or fifty dollars, I think. It wasn't. It wasn't a sixty dollar game or anything. It was like really uh, cheap. It was forty. That's th- yeah, yeah. That's 40. good for a remaster that looks this good. <laughs> I mean, I'm shocked Nintendo didn't charge sixty for this. I mean, they. Yes. I mean, they are. Yeah, I mean, you know how they are. Uh, for better or for worse, they they hold their quality. Uh, you know, they think everything they sell is a sixty dollar game and will forever be a sixty dollar game. But, uh, you know, yes. So, so. your number eight, Corey. Um, my number eight. Let's see, where's my list? Here we go. Okay, so my number eight is um. So this is a game I've been playing a lot of recently and I had never played the original, um, but it's, it's, it's charming. It's real simple, but it's charming and it's a beautiful looking game. Um, Super Mario RPG, the remake. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I don't know. It feels old. But you know how Nintendo can, and, and I guess Square 
Enix and uh, one of the Dragon Quest teams did this remake. Uh, I think it was one of the Monster Quest um, or or <laughs> Dragon Quest Monsters team uh, teams that did this uh, remake. But I I think that they did a great job in terms of keeping the spirit of the old game while making this feel new and kind of fresh in a, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and having those charming characters back in a way that, um, you know, when, when you play, sometimes when you play an older game that you have a lot of nostalgia for and you go back and play it and you're like, man, I don't know. Like it, golden, I guess would be an example of this, not the best example in terms of relating to this, but Oh, I had a ton of fun playing Goldeneye when I was little, and then you turn it on and it runs at like 14, 14 frames a second. Single stick, first person shooter on the Nintendo sixty four. It's not very good, not very good. <laughs> uh, but you know, Nintendo does a great job of bringing back what's old uh, and making it feel new again. And this game definitely does that. Uh, you can definitely see the bones of where. Mario and Luigi, the Mario and Luigi RPG specifically came from. Mm-hmm. I playing this, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, Paper Mario feels like this game too. I'm I I would say the Mario and Luigi games are more of the true successor to this than Paper Mario. At least those early Paper Mario games, right? Like Yes. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Mario the Mario and Luigi games are definitely the successors to this uh and so yeah, I mean, I recommend it if you like Mario and Luigi, the Mario and Luigi RPGs, since it seems like we're not getting one anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, Super Mario RPG. Pretty good. I return back to the isometric turn-based style um, that Persona used to do earlier back in this day, and now it doesn't do anymore. So yeah. Well, uh, my number eight is Have a Nice Death. This is by Magic Design Studios and Gearbox Publishing. Um, this is a roguelike um, 2D platformer slash action game. Um, you play as Death and you're trying to, you're running a company uh, that claims souls and everything. And uh, things go awry. And so you are trying to get things back in order so you could go and take a vacation. Um, and, you know, every time you die, you go on a new run. Even though you gain some perm- things permanently and you could upgrade, the levels change and your decisions on where to go also changes um, and everything. And if you if you defeated a boss and you die, um, hopefully you get an elevator so you can skip parts of it. But if not, you have to go back and fight that same boss again. Um, and you can defeat them quicker depending on how stronger your weapon is. Um, I it, It's a beautiful game. Really funny. Um, when I looked at it, I considered it as an indie game. But then when I seen Gearbox uh, have the publishing deal to it, I kind of just consider it as a third-party game, like a smaller third-party game. 
in a sense. Um, but it really is fun. It's, it really is addictive. Um, you probably could go through it like three or five runs, trying to make progress and stuff. Uh, and it, it would it would really soak up your time. So have a nice death is my number eight game. Um, Corey, what is your number seven game? My number seven game, Ed, is uh, another game I kind of put some time into over the break. Uh, I didn't really care for it initially, and then I just started playing it, and it just as you progress through the game, it becomes more charming than ever, and a lot of the characters, especially one in particular, is one of the best characters of the year, in my opinion. Uh, sea of Stars uh, is <laughs> definitely, you know, between the, the music and the pixel art and the characters and some of the battles can be kind of annoying. Uh, especially there's, uh, some enemies that call their friends and a lot like these bug enemies that you kind of, and I got stuck a couple times, which is kind of where I stopped playing the first time. Cause it was kind of frustrating. Uh, but once you get past some of the quirks of the games, I actually think the puzzles that you have to solve in some of the areas are super fun. Mm. Uh, Garl is the character I'm talking about that I think is one of the best characters of the year. And uh, I think that that character alone kind of saved my will to play this game. Uh, and the, and you know, when I went back to it, cause I want to know more about this character and, you know what happens and everything. And yeah, the game's been spoiled for me a lot over the last couple of weeks or months because it's been out for a while. Right. And that's just how yes. the, the, the industry goes, but um, sea of stars is a fantastic game that I think people should at least give a try. Um, Sabotage did a really nice job with this. Uh, and the way it connects to the messenger also is, is, uh, Interesting, we'll say. I was kind of mad about that connection. Why? With that. Um, Well, if it's spoilery, don't say anything. Yeah, it's it's very spoilery. And so when I when I I did beat Sea of Stars, everybody. So I did. I will say that I did beat Sea of Stars, and I was watching what the connection was, and I kind of felt robbed of it. I'm just like, this was it? That uh, okay. I mean I bet that whatever game they do next, because they're they're clearly building a universe, right? Mm-hmm. I these connections will mean more and more as you progress through these games, right? And it's not like I think what I like about it too is like you can play Sea of Stars and have an amazing time without ever knowing the messenger exists, right? Yes. Um and the connections it's like to me it's like little mcu easter eggs uh you know before you that disney started shoving everything into every movie but like you know like in iron man 2 when you find a prototype of captain america's shield and that's kind of funny you know it's Mm -hmm. connected whatever that's a connective tissue and that's kind of it or uh you know that kind of thing but uh, I think some of these connections will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how Sea of Stars connects to their next game. And like if characters ever do make that crossover or, you know, the it does the is the the um, I want to call him the archivist, the archivist at the beginning. Right. That's the character's yeah. name. 
and the way that I want to know if that character will start introducing all of these stories somehow and end up being like <laughs> the sabotage uh, indie game universe <laughs> kind of <laughs> big bad at some point or something. Yeah, because uh, in, 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 in reality, at this point in time, I should say Sea of Stars is the beginning of everything. Mm-hmm. In a sense, so uh, I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. So. so. Uh, but that's it. That's my number seven, Ed. All right. Uh, and my number seven is Disney Illusion Island by Delala Studios and Disney Electronic Content. Um, I didn't know that Disney published this game. I thought it was a Nintendo. Uh, first party title like Nintendo Publisher and Disney uh, did the development um, because the way that it was just shown in, in the Nintendo Direct, it really didn't. F- I I really didn't feel like it showed any Disney kind of publishing thing to it because Nintendo and Disney have both made games together and Nintendo has done the done the publishing for them. So that's why I kind of thought that it was it. But this game is a adventure game. It's not so much Metroidvania in a sense. It, it it's designed it's designed as a Metroid game, uh, you know, by fighting uh abilities or being granted abilities. But you you really can't um you can't jump on enemies, uh, you can't jump on the boss or anything. Uh, and you have to kind of work to upgrade your character again a stronger uh you know for health health reasons um it is kind of it's, it, it is easy if you have more players um it really is meant for kids um and stuff but like the fights against the bosses are done in a puzzle manner so if there is a a child who's having problems you could help them out solve it or you could i think there's like a kid mode where you're kind of invincible um so that they will feel like they're not losing but they're progressing um you know and and things like that uh funny funny writing like they got a spot on with the writing. Uh, animation looks beautiful. Dino Duck is Dino Duck still, which still makes the which makes the game funny because the way that he reacts and everything and the things that he says, uh, uh, and stuff. And so, yeah, Disney Illusion Island, such a great game. I hundred percented it. Uh, the only thing I did not do. Is play the game on Ultra Heart because you don't get no special ending. It's just something if you want to do because it has kind of its own achievements and stuff. Uh, the 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 uh, the last achievement that's on there is that you have to go through the whole game in one on one life. You cannot die, and that means that if you get touched once. You start the whole game from the very beginning. So if you were like at the last boss and you only have one more hit and he hits you, your whole thing gets erased and you got to start from the beginning. 
I was just like, I seen the indie. I'm good. <laughs> and I have put it away. Uh, but that is my number seven game. Really, really good. I hope people do pick it up more. And uh it's a really it really is a great game to play with family and for your and with kids and stuff. Yeah, um, I mean the big thing about that game is that there's no combat. It's all yes. platforming. So um, you know, that's the I guess that would be the draw for kids and families because combat is, you know, some families combat's a tricky thing to manage. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so cool. I didn't play, I didn't play it. I played a little bit of it and I didn't play it enough to consider it. So I thought about it, but I just, I didn't play enough of it and I thought it would be unfair to put it on my list. So but what is your number six, Corey? Okay, here's where it gets real easy for me, Ed. All right. Uh, my number six is uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Uh, stu- do they- it's a completely new game as far as I'm concerned. Like the graphical fidelity, you yeah. know, the quality of life changes they made. Just dude, just changing just changing it from a single stick to a to a dual stick first person shooter like makes all the difference it it's incredible like this game makes me a thousand times more excited for metroid prime 4 right like it's it looks incredible it feels incredible like it feels you know like sometimes when remakes or remasters come out and they do all these quality of life changes and you're like oh man this this looks and feels exactly how i remember it feeling you know but obviously it looks better and this this looks and feels better than I remember it. And, and maybe that's because I played Metroid Prime <laughs> early last year. Yeah. Uh, remember when I busted out my GameCube and my Dreamcast and I was yes. sharing all the, like, the, the screenshots and stuff with you. And maybe that's why, but man, Metroid Prime Remastered. Uh, and it's the same with Pikmin 1 and 2 also, uh, although they're not on my list because they're just kind of HD re-releases of the Wii versions. But uh Man, Metroid Prime Remastered feels real good, Ed. I I hope I hope two and three come out because I actually think because three I think kind of I don't remember if people really liked three or not. I wasn't really paying attention to Wii games at that point because mm-hmm. uh, you know we w- and I were not friends. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know each other at that time. It's tough. So, uh, but what did people like Metroid Prime Three when it came out? They did um what they didn't like is all the uh loading that the game had because you had to jump to different planets planets mm-hmm. so everything didn't feel connected it feel very disjointed and stuff okay. uh but when you're playing the game it does feel good with the remote and everything now echoes uh metro prime echoes the second game mm-hmm. that needs the remaster i that need Metro Prime's controller needs to just be transferred to that game. Uh, Remaster controller needs to be uh, uh, get to that because that game is kind of difficult to play on the GameCube with the decisions they make going to the light and dark world. And I really feel like they could go in and fix that game up. I, I love Echoes, but Prime, like Metro Prime 1, is just 
so legendary and i think they would just try to do too much and everybody call it the dark and light era of nintendo because prime because echoes was light and dark twilight princess was light and dark uh i think mario had something like that uh mario world had it had the uh chocolate world when you beat it okay it made it harder remember if you remember yeah so um yeah, I, I Metro Prime Two definitely need the remaster, and I really hope they give it that treatment and they bring it out because I, I need I want to play Echo so bad because I never got to beat Part Two on it. I got to like the last boss and it just kept kicking my tail and I'm like, uh, I I'm like you know what, I'm good. I just watched the ending on YouTube, <laughs> uh, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which I still haven't done. I haven't watched uh watched it yet. Uh so I'm hoping out for Echoes 2 to get that remaster. Nice. Uh I guess I guess back to me, huh? Um uh, no, it's Oh wait, uh, no, it's your turn. I put yeah. Metroid Prime uh, on my list. W- one last thing I gotta say. I'm sorry. Uh with Prime Remaster, it really made me feel like I wish Halo played like this. And I think that I think the Halo collection. Well, it, I would say Halo One is probably the one that feels the most like Metroid Prime. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm getting. I, I feel, but it's just like man, I I think I I kind of want to. I may have to go back to Halo One and see if it feels fixed in the Halo collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff. But yeah, that's just me. Yeah. Uh. Well, my number six is Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and the Lost Demon. Um, this is from Platinum Games and Nintendo. I, I can't say enough about this game. The music, the graphics, the voice acting, um, the story. Like, it's, it's so good. And it's just like, I love this side of Platinum Games. Like it's just it just shows them that they can do something different. They can still give you action, but they also could do like puzzles and like really make you care about the level that you're in. It's just like the art style they went with, uh, and I should have nominated this game for best art direction. I really should have. It now just hits me. But Bayonetta Origins has some beautiful artwork like drop dead gorgeous artwork and i'm like platinum games how did you guys do this what did you and nintendo talk about for this art style to be applied and it's just gorgeous in emotion um it it didn't get the love um from a lot of people and that's due to march was a packed month of greatness Oh, just good, a good googly moogly. How am I going to get this? Because I'm like, you had Bayonetta, you had Resident Evil Four, which took, uh, which took the talk. Uh, you had Kirby, you ch- and then it was just like, man, how do I get to play all of this, um, and stuff? And so it, it was just such a crazy time. And it, and the bad thing about it is, is that it dropped, and then a few weeks later, Advance Wars reboot camp dropped. So it was kind of hard for Nintendo to be like, how do we put out these two games and everybody have the time to get them and play them? 
uh, it's love. And people were still picking up Resident Evil 4 and playing that re- uh, remake. So, but I, man, Bayonetta Origins to Resident Evil Lost Demon, it is a must play. If you, I, I advise people to try the demo. If the demo don't sell you on it, then fine. But the game itself is just, it's, it's, uh, this is what I want more from Platinum Games. And I was actually thinking about this, Corey. I think Platinum Games have been quiet enough that I think they're I think they're developing maybe one or two games. I think their next game is well, we know they have two we know they have at least two games in development. I'm hoping one of them is the Astral Chain sequel. I I was thinking that but I think Astral Chain 2 is going to be for their next system. I have a feeling. Yeah, man, Astral Chain really good, man. Oh, so good. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number six. Uh, so now, everybody, we are at our top five games, and we're gonna start with our number five, Corey. What is your number? What's your fifth game? All right. So I want to make a caveat, or I, I have I have some things to say about this game specifically. So where did my where did my list go? Hold on. I got a. Where did it go? There it is. Okay. So where did you go? Okay, so my number five game is Hogwarts Legacy. Specifically, the Nintendo Switch version. So I primarily played this on Xbox Series X when it came out in February. It's an amazing game, right? I have Mm -hmm. not... I don't... I feel like... The last time, very few games, I would say the last time I felt the way I do about Hogwarts Legacy was when Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out. And then before that, Breath of the Wild. There are there are a handful of games, I would say, quote unquote, modern games that I think about often. It's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's Breath of the Wild. It's Destiny you know, games like that, right? Hogwarts Legacy has joined that company of games Mm -hmm. to the point where I played the Switch version after I beat the Xbox version. And I I haven't finished it yet. I'm nowhere near the end. But just being back in that world in this this pocket-sized version of it and the game is, you know, essentially entirely there except for a few like okay well they've clearly had to you know i mean this is an xbox series x and playstation 5 game so they've had to do some texture downgrades and when you load you have to load into caves and stores and hogsmeade and the castle right but essentially the game the entire game is still there and it's incredible that not only did they pull it off, but it's it's what I told what we used to talk about with Doom and Wolfenstein mm-hmm. and some and the Witcher, like these third party ports that have essentially taken these massive games like PC benchmark games. Right. Especially when you're talking about Doom. Uh, and putting them on this device that's essentially like a five-year-old cell phone at this point, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, this thing, the switch, the switch's hardware is 10, 12 years old inside at this point. And 
the fact that they that Avalanche and the team that ported it, I don't remember who ported the game, and I apologize that I don't have that offhand. I'll look it up in a minute. Uh, that they put this entire game, this amazing game, and put it on the Switch in its entirety is awesome. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is not only not only my favorite game that I I think maybe that I played this year. But it's going to go into a list of I play, you know, like a top 25. If we were to make a top 25 or 50 games of all time, it would mm-hmm. it would appear on at least one of, if not both of those lists. Well, we definitely are doing the top 25 for Switch. Like, uh, later yeah, we'll on. get there. Like, we're going to get there. And uh, I, I can't say because I'm playing the Series X version. I haven't gotten too far. I, I need to pop it in. Uh, Avalanche did a fantastic job. They really did a fantastic job. Uh, yeah. I am, like I said, I am going to be playing more of it, but I. Uh, I, I was kind of mad and disappointed that the Switch version got delayed, but it seems that that delay was needed to bring out the quality of this game mm-hmm. um, and everything. Because people who are playing it uh, on Switch, uh, they got people. Some people got it for Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of enjoying it and stuff. Not many people return to it, but uh, from what people have been experiencing on the Switch version, they've really been enjoying. Yeah, so I just, uh, you know, shout out Aval- Avalanche actually did it in house. It looks like according to a quick Google search. So, I mean, congr- congratulations to them. I think this is, I think it's an incredible port. I think it's an incredible job. Uh, you know, obviously, if you p- want a better quality version of the game, you're going to play it somewhere else. But this is, if you have a Switch and you like harry potter and you're looking to be in that world some more like this is a a better than good port i'll say so in my experience it is so i think that's why they delayed the switch version Um, yeah well they delayed the xbox one and playstation 4 versions too remember yeah But I think I think because they had to work on the Series X or PlayStation Five version, and then I think they they after they got done with that, they started working on the Switch version mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, and I, I I they probably felt like it was a business decision for them and everything that they couldn't do all three versions at the same time. Yeah, stuff. It's it's the Wolfenstein, not Wolfenstein. It's the Doom Eternal thing. In the sense that they had to focus on, uh, on the uh, Xbox version and then do it for Switch and stuff. Yeah. So, so but that's good. Congratulations to uh, to Avalanche, by the way, best-selling game of 2023, over Call of Duty. The first time, the first time uh, in a long time that they, uh, um that Call of Duty or a Rockstar game had not uh want, had not been the best selling game of the year. So uh, since what 2007 I think. Yeah. Which would have been Modern Warfare, I guess. So. Is it best selling for third part from a third party perspective? It's or? the it's the best selling game of the year. 
Dang, I wonder I wonder how many sales they have. I mean I can look it up. I mean, uh let's see Hogwarts Legacy. Oh my gosh, come on. Legacy sales numbers. Okay. Um right now this was well as of may 2023 it sold 15 million copies so okay how many copies yeah so i'm guessing it's probably closer to 22 23 million probably more than that at this point we'll know when uh whatever whenever mpd not npd releases their numbers for the year um in a couple days so by the time the next we record the next episode, it'll probably be out, and we'll know. But that's impressive. It's incredible. Surprised that Tears of the Kingdom didn't beat it. Hasn't beaten it yet. Well, this game's on six platforms, and Tears of the Kingdom's on one. So, yeah, but Tears know. did like ten million. I wonder. I mean, it's at Tears of the Kingdom's at nineteen million. So, it's more than that. Oh, so how's that's I mean, that was in May. It's January now, so they had seven months to beat it. (laughs) (laughs) And they probably did. Uh, So, Ed, what's your number five? Well, my number five is Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. (laughs) Of course, Wave 4 and Nintendo. Of course, Wave 4 has to be on the list. And this game is so funny. And I, I will say this. And the reason why I put it as my number five, I've never played Advanced Wars on Game Boy events. I have one of I have one of the games, but it wasn't the first or the second one. It was like some one of the later ones. And I just never, you know, had a chance to sit down and try it. But I love the voice acting in this game, the animation. It it really is just funny. It's like, it, but it's a great strategy game. But it's just so funny uh, and everything. And wait for it, just knocked it out the park. And I'm so happy for what they did. Uh, I I feel like they were a great choice. Um to be to work with to remake this game and stuff so um i i kind of have a feeling that they may be doing more events war game events wars games in the future i hope they do um i wonder if they'll do battalion wars or we wars or whatever or dual strike at all i hope so i really do hope so uh but yeah uh that's my number five, Events Wars Reboot Camp 1 to 2. Um, I'm still playing the first one. Uh, I haven't got into the second one yet. I, I, I'm i trying to, like, make sure that my strategies are right. I did get beat in some of them, but that's the challenge that I love, to be like, okay, I did this wrong. How do I go back and fix it and everything? And I've mm-hmm. been working on some good strategies. So uh, number five, Events Wars Reboot Camp 1 to 2. Uh, congratulations, Wave 4. Like, and I mm-hmm. gotta say, I'm looking so forward to this new Contra by them. I'm yeah. so ready for this new Contra game. Yeah, I forgot they were doing that. Uh, so, oh, I didn't mean I didn't. That's not what I wanted. Okay. Uh, so before I get to my number four, Ed, I'm the best selling games of the year. Hogwarts Legacy is number one. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three is number two. 
Number three is Tears of the Kingdom with an asterisk because it does not count digital sales. So uh, okay. that's where we're at. Marvel or Spider-Man 2 is number four and Madden is number five. You know, because all the other ones have physical and digital sales, just mm-hmm. not Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. Nintendo games do not have physical or digital sales attached to them. Okay. Uh, Mario Wonders at number 15. Um, I like how they have Final Fantasy 16 on here and they uh, use an image of Final Fantasy 15. This is GameSpot, also, by the way. You know, well, I think Wonder is at 5.3 million plus. I think it's more than that. Because I, I know Spider, I know Spider Man did the two point five. Uh, right like now they, they hit that that record. Um, as of November eighth, Mario Wonder has wait. Oh, it released on October twentieth. I was like, I thought it released in November, but that was Mario RPG. Uh, so as of November eighth, it has sold four point three million copies, which I'm sure it's maybe <laughs> hit six or seven at this point. Uh, all right. Anyways, back to my list. Number yes. four, speaking of super Mario brothers wonder, that is my number four game. It's charming. It's cute. Corey. What? Corey, what is my number four. Also. <laughs> ah. Okay. So we'll just have this. Uh, I mean, our, okay. So I, I really like this game. I don't I like it because it is an amazing 2D Mario game. Mm-hmm. I still have yet to find why why this is so different from New Super Mario Brothers. You know, I mean, it feels a little bit different has the only like real power up that feels quote unquote different is the elephant suit, but like I don't I, I I think the badge system is a great uh innovation. I think it's a great addition. Um I love the floating hat uh mm-hmm. one. I think that's great for especially like if you miss a platform you just hit that and then you can kind of float back to it. But I don't really think it's that much different than like a new Super Mario Brothers or classic 2D Mario games. It's an amazing game and it's an amazing 2d mario game uh but in my opinion it's not higher on my list not that four is a terrible spot or anything but right because i don't think it does enough different to make me want and like like the wonder seed stuff like everybody everybody's telling me like the wonder seed stuff is amazing i'm like or it's like when you go down a warp or go up a warp pipe and you end up in the sky and it just changes the level a little bit, or you have to sprint across a bridge and not get hit or, you know what I mean? Like it just, the wonder seed thing is confusing to me a little bit in the, in terms of like why people think it's so amazing. Uh, But at the end of the day, this is a great Mario game. It's a great 2d Mario game. I love playing it. Uh, It's just, you feel good when you play it, the, the, the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, 
it's just an an incredible game, incredible level design. Uh, You know, playing as the different characters gives you a sense of like, this is kind of the way they want to go with these characters in terms of design and, and how they sound and what they are doing. Right. It's fun to play as other characters other than Mario. So yeah, Mario, I mean, Ed, you're, you're the Mario guy on this podcast. Yes. Um, so it does if it, it feels better than a new Super Mario Brother games. And definitely the way that it looks, the detail colors, um, the animation um for it, the one sees is a big, huge help to this game because it changes your idea of the gameplay. It's not just your typical hold the B button down, run and jump kind of thing to get to the fast levels and connect it. No, it literally changes the perspective and uh, it includes other games. Um, you know, uh, Sunset Riders is a game from Konami and there's a level where you're running on the bulls and stuff. And and one of the one sees one of these uh, uh kind of dinosaur looking things with the blue shorts and stuff uh i forgot their names and stuff you know they all come and like make that same train and knock over the poles and stuff the, the piranha plants are singing a song and they pay much so much uh, attention to detail that when you kill one of the piranha plants that's singing the music that's playing changes the score like notes drop out from it and it's just like oh they really thought about a lot of this stuff you know racing the regular and everything it's just like it's, it's so good on oh, everything they they thought of um like when you're like on the fast on the fast kind of pedal thing where you're at the bottom or top you know they kind of got that from super mario 3d world and they implemented it on uh, into this game and stuff and it's just so wonderful to see this game in motion because it does get challenging. Even though, yes, the bad the badges do help, it does get challenging in this game. So I, I love the fact that Miyamoto allowed the team to really go in and, and uh, you know, bring in a flower, singing or helping out, and just all of this other stuff, allowing them to be creative to take the Mario 2D platformers to another level. You know, the the battle with, um, I think it's Daisy and the footballer enemy from Super Mario World when they're pushing the uh the pipe and stuff like that's that's so cool that they thought about that. And stuff. So I think it just feels so different than Mario, the new Super Mario Brother one, uh, new Super Mario games. Cause those, even though people say it's floaty and stuff, I kind of feel like that that one is not a one trick pony, but it just showcase what multiplayer can do and how you can play with that game with your friends. This one when you have when you do have uh multiple people helping you there's levels where you need to find certain items and coins and stuff in order to get the wonder seed to progress and stuff and because you're a particular person 
if you have other people who are other characters, their powers or whatever can help reveal stuff to get to for you for everybody to progress do this uh do the level and everything. So they really thought about a lot of the stuff in this game. So that's why it is also my number four. Uh I, I do love this game. I'm going to get back to it and finish it. Uh, it just, like you said, that soundtrack, it it just, it takes you in. Just the first level with the acapella harmonies and, like, it's calm, jazzy, uh, calypso kind of feel. So it, it does have that, you know, that catchy tune, but yet it mixed in Super Mario Sunshine uh watery beachy jazz influenced calypso music also and it works so well i know i'm the mario guy i i it's just, this game makes me laugh and it makes me happy so it is my number four uh super mario brothers wonder also man sorry i was muted uh yeah mario wonder man it's a it's a great game uh, it's a must play, in my opinion, yeah. uh, and for sure. And if you if you really want a hundred percent it, those like uh, in the sky star challenges and stuff, <laughs> they are no joke. They are no joke at all. They will kick your tail. Yeah, yeah. All right, Ed. My number three. My number three this year is uh, Pikmin Four. <gasps> Pikmin Four is okay. i mean you know how i feel about the first pikmin this game feels like a natural evolution of the first game mm-hmm. uh where i kind of had some issues with the way that especially three two to an extent but three really uh and i'm glad that this was a big return to form for the series uh, ochi was a great addition i like that they utilize different Pikmin in terms of like using the ice Pikmin to freeze the water so you can walk across it and then you know the blue Pikmin can go in the water and you know all that types of stuff right red can handle the fire and the elemental stuff is is really great uh some of the boss fights quote unquote boss fights are challenging but also like really fun to kind of like oh I'm going to take 20 ice Pikmin and freeze him and then I'll use (laughs) the red Pikmin to like beat him up, you know, and, and try to get them out before he, uh, you know, the boss kind of comes back from being frozen or uh, throwing the red Pikmin at the little, I call them the white elephants, the ones with like the, <laughs> you know, like the red snouts that kind of blow fire on you. Yeah. Uh, Ochi does not like them, uh, but it, it's fun. It's really adorable and fun and great. And, I hope everyone tries Pikmin Four because it is incredible. Oh, and now all four you, all four games are now on the Switch, so you have no excuse not to play Pikmin. Did <laughs> you have Ochi catch a fire? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ochi. <laughs> I screamed and dropped the controller. I'm like, no, Ochi. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, okay. Ochi. Uh, get out of the way. uh but yeah pikmin 4 pikmin 4 man it's it's an incredible video game if there was no mario (laughs) mario or zelda game this year like it's it's 
I mean, some. I mean, it's better than to me. It's better than Mario Wonder in a lot of ways. Uh, they're so close. Like I swapped them back and forth probably three or four different times today. Uh, going oh, over my wow. list, it's like whatever mood I'm in, that's the better game at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, but okay. Ah, thirsty. All right. It's been a while since we well, podcasted, so my throat gets is getting drier <laughs> earlier. And yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, my number three is Octopath Traveler 2 by Acquire Escort Enix. Forget the battle system. It's the same as, as Brevity Defaults. Throw it out. Worry about that. This game and the stories that they tell, the characters, this soundtrack should be soundtrack of the year. I'm sorry, Nintendo. Y'all put out some amazing music, but this is soundtrack of the year. This game is so good. The voice acting for every character, the the their backstories, the 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 boss fights are challenging. I will say that. But like the special moves and the strategies you use, the world is beautiful. Um with the reveals are really good and it's just like wow you guys really improved from the first game um with the with the second game and it's it's one of the games that everybody must play if you definitely if you love rpgs or jrpgs if you want to put that but if you are a lover of rpgs this needs to be in the collection. I I was thinking of rebuying it on PlayStation 4, but I'm hoping it comes to uh Xbox because I have Octopath Traveler on Series X. Octopath want, Octopath Traveler 2 is coming to Xbox next year. I hope so. Oh, you mean this year? Oh uh, yeah, this year. Whoops. Yeah. I hope so because I'm ready to I'm not gonna get the I know they they probably won't do physical uh for it. So um I'm fine doing digital. I I'll pay another sixty dollars or whatever I need to pay. Cause I wanna give the I wanna get I hope this I wanna get the achievements for this game. But good googly moogly, just it, it's a when you put your headphones on and you're listening to the soundtrack, you are to I, I will say this make sure you got some really good headphones. I, I use my uh Sony Bluetooth headphones uh for my uh switch and just the the orchestra, just the music, the vibe is just it's so beautiful and it's so luscious with the way that this world looks. This may be the best 2D HD looking game I have seen. I have not seen um, a Dragon, Qu- Dragon Quest 3 yet. Uh, I'm waiting for them to show more of that. But good googly moogly, this game, it's just like it needs to be on everybody's list for uh, Game of the Year nominations or just like favorite game of 2023. It is that deeply good, and like, uh, people did not expect this game to be this improved over the first one. So my number three is Octopath Traveler Two. Hmm. Uh, Corey, what is your number two? All right, here comes my eye roll, one, Ned. Okay, everybody's gonna eye roll, but I don't care. This is my list. So this game hit 1.0 this year had a major expansion. 
this year or in 2023, I guess. Uh, man, it's going to be so hard to do that for the next, like by the time we get used to saying 2024 is going to be 2025. Uh, but I've put so much time into this game and there's so much love and detail and dedication in this game. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Well deserved is my number two game. And I, I can literally feel everybody's eyes rolling that, you know, we talk to and whatever, but it's, uh, it's my go-to satisfying. I need a break from things game. And, uh, I haven't played a rift in time yet. I am trying to kind of wrap up the main quests, although I'm like Mm -hmm. only halfway there apparently. So (laughs) I was looking it up, uh, but I just, I love hanging out on the, uh, in the valley and redistributing my villagers to where they need to go. I have Wally tending a garden for me. Moana goes and fishes for me. It's uh, it's just a fun, cozy game that I actually may stream a little bit this year. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the things on my gaming re- uh, resolutions. Like after we move, I want to stream a little bit uh, here and there and, I don't know, do different types of YouTube content, but uh, I don't really know what else I can say about this game, but it's fun and I love it. And so, uh, yeah, Disney Dream Night Valley is my number two game. Oh, shoot. I, I love every story that you talk about <laughs> this game and what you do. I really do because I have told you that you are a well organized strategic person you know how to get things done you know you know how how to invest the time and stuff and so it makes the game manageable and fun for you you know we talk about roller coaster tycoon so much in our thing and that's the kind of stuff that i love when i hear about it that you know when people invest time in the games and what they get out of it because I can't do stuff like that. I try, and my patients might wear it in and be like, Hurry up, I want to get this. I'm a person that will, like, the way that you do in Destiny, how you would grind for stuff, I do that in role playing games. I can't do it in, in games and like strategic games and stuff. But yeah. I love the stories that you talk about with that game and giving the updates and stuff. I have, I have dream like, I have the game too on my Switch. I need to uh, invest more time into it. And I think it's a game that I think I need to just sit down just like you have a day of chilling and vibing out and invest more time into uh, this stuff. So that's awesome. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing is that it's just the time commitment to even just to get started is a lot. Mm -hmm. But then once you like figure out the mechanics of the game and get rolling, it's like, you know, like if I ever lost my save, I don't know if I would go back to it because I've invested so much time into it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. you know just get it back on oh xbox <laughs> it's probably, probably in the cloud somewhere yeah hopefully hopefully yes there's Where two everybody? clouds actually oh that is true because Switch, i have yeah. it well three actually because i have it in my xbox cloud i have a save and then i have it in my switch cloud save because it's cross save but yeah. then there's also the Game Loft cloud because I created a Game Loft account to connect the two versions. Oh wow! I forgot so, all about that. That's so cool. like the game. If you play it on Switch and you 
if you play it on Switch and then you save it and then you go log in on Xbox, when you hit continue, it'll prompt you and it'll ask, hey, do you want the game off cloud save, which is the most recent, or do you want your cloud save that's saved to the Xbox? And like it'll it'll it knows which save to pull from. If you it, like, it'll prompt you to ask you, but it knows which is the most recent save. So, which is nice. I may have to do the game loft one just to have it in our yeah. just in case. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, everybody, my number two is, and some people might have their hearts broken up about this. Dude, my number two is Disney Dreamlight Valley. Nobody's going to be mad at you. <laughs> Well, it's the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's oh, my number two. Shocker. I love this game. It's a it's a perfect 10. I I'm the last that I got the the engineer that I seen people do seeing that tree get out of the ground and chase me <laughs> where I was just like, this is this is the equivalent, Corey, of you being scared to play a horror game survival horror i was just like ah <laughs> and i'm running with the quickness knowing good and well my uh stamina bar is not it's not big it it, it gives me dragon quest feels instead of uh, be, uh finding the tree <laughs> the game is so fun to get into and, and some of the the music in some of these towns oh it's it's marvelous i uh there's times that I put the controller down just to hear the music and just realize the the life in the world that is surrounding me. Still seeing the dragons and exploring. Just I I haven't even explored the sky or the depths. I'm still just on the land exploring what it has to offer, and it's it's beautiful. It's like, and I understand that they, it's the same map or world as Breath of the Wild, but there's so much that they changed in that game. Uh, I I did an article of, you know, before the game got released, all the trailers and information that they provided that people could get is on Boss Rush. You guys can check it out. And when I ended up getting the game and playing it, it was one of those, it was just one of those things that, how do I talk to people about this game? Even though they are experiencing different things, it was really hard to talk about Tears of the Kingdom. Um, even after we seen Ganondorf's reveal and stuff like that, it was kind of hard to talk about this game because everybody was playing it and it was just showing so much. And like I said, the fuse and you know, jumping into the ceiling and coming out. It, it just like, there's so much in this game. And then reading that there's going to be a college course taking this game and using it as for, as uh one of their studies for an engineering class. Like that's cool. And people are still building stuff and finding stuff about this game. So my number two is the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, check out the book club, everybody that Stephanie, uh, Pat, and Corey did with that game. Uh, you will really enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a three parter, so strap in, I guess. <laughs> yes, it is such a marvelous game, like, it is phenomenal. Like, I, I, 
it in really not when I, I used to say Tears of the King. I mean, Wind Worker was my favorite. I think Tears of the King is now has become or is my favorite Zelda game of all time. And I love, trust me, I love Twilight Princess. I love Orcarina Time. I love even the first Legend of Zelda. People know how crazy I go over the uh between the uh, link between worlds and uh, Zelda Three, a link to the past. Like I love all the Zelda games, but Tears of the Kingdom is literally my all time favorite now. But there's a reason why it's number two. Uh, hmm. So Corey, what is your number one? Well, my number one is Tears of the Kingdom, and it's uh, so I've been playing it a lot again recently just because I've had the not only had the itch to go back, but also like it's an incredible video game (laughs) uh, that I think there are things in that game. Yes, there are things in that game that are not for me, right? Like the building, the building kind of sucks and in in my not in terms of like the mechanics but just like it's not for me type thing mm-hmm. you know and um i i think what they did with the world that already exists is fascinating uh you know the things that they added to and obviously like the sky stuff and the depths like i know those are more of like a resource grinding areas for the most part mm-hmm. i mean there's puzzles and you know shrines and whatever in these areas and but like for the most part those are like you're grinding for the like the zonai stuff and and to build whatever and i just i think i think this game is a master class in and it's the same as breath of the wild although for me breath of the wild's a little bit better just because of the simplicity of it um and I think this goes a little too far in the direction of being complicated. But um, at the same time, you can't fault them for doing that because of, you know, I mean, there's a plethora of reasons like you. It feels like the Fortnite Minecraft generation kind of not invading Zelda, but like adding you know, they they're, they're taking what those games do best and what people like about those t- styles of mm-hmm. games and seeing how they can fit into a, a, a Zelda world, right? And it's kind of neat to see uh, in a way. And so I think Tears of the Kingdom is probably the better game, all things considered. The story is definitely better, I would say. Uh, Zelda is a really interesting character and her story and meeting the Zonai and, you know, Minoru and like the the rest of the the Zonai characters, right? It's it's the story is better. Uh and I actually really like how it kind of guides you in a way more than Breath of the Wild did, where Breath of the Wild kind of just lets you go when you in Tears of the Kingdom you have that very linear beginning mm-hmm. storytelling of, you know, obviously Ganon's awakening or whatever. But then like it tells you where to go after that essentially if you want to continue the main quest which breath of the wild didn't do and so i appreciated that especially having to already explored this world essentially once at least the mainland right like you kind of know your way around and everything Um, i also think the shrines are better designed 
I think the puzzles are better. Um, yeah, 100% agree with that. I, I think the shrines are impeccable in this game. And Breath of the Wild had some great shrines too. But a lot of the times you get stuck in the, you know, the tests of battle or the motion ones where you have to roll the ball a specific way. And I have yet to encounter anything that I haven't liked. You know, even the building ones to an extent are like not, you know, I, I don't dislike them as much as I dislike the mechanic in the open world. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and also the dungeons are they're They're amazing. The dungeons are amazing. The fire temple specifically. Yeah. is incredible. Uh, and I, I like especially the sky temple. Like you, you have to make your way to the sky temple is almost like getting to the temple is almost like a puzzle in and of itself, which is really awesome. So shout out to the shout out to Nintendo for just making this world even deeper. I know this is kind of our last hurrah in this version of Hyrule and with these versions of Link and Zelda, you know, pr- presumably, I mean, I know they said that they weren't going back to this world, but um, I, I'm really happy that we got two games with these characters. This is, this is definitely my favorite version of Zelda by far, like the character Zelda by far. Um, and I hope they, whatever Zelda comes next, they take a lot of this version of Zelda and implement it into the next one. Um, so tears of the kingdom is a special game. Uh, and I mean, I I would say all three of these games in this series, I would say even Age of Calamity, you know, which would be the third game, I guess you would include in this Breath of the Wild era, era of the wild, mm-hmm. I guess is what some people are coining it. Uh, these are special characters. These are this is a special world. I haven't felt like this since Twilight Princess, to be honest, and we only got one game. Uh, so. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is my number one game, without a doubt. Good. Goodness, to have Nintendo revisit Twilight Princess, like oh, to man. make a sequel, I, Corey, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. I, I, I definitely would be like, oh, we need, of course, we need to like switch re-release of it, like of the rever or the Wii U version. Like that ain't that's that's no problem. I think I think but, we're gonna get that at some point. Uh, I, next, I, I, I bet we get them next year. To be honest, because they they already said they want to release a Zelda product every year, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been seeing a lot of Tears of the Kingdom love recently. Uh, not that that indicates anything, but I always like to see that. And I don't know, maybe we'll we'll see something, but you know, mm-hmm. what's your well, number everybody- one, Ed? I'm really shocked that it's not zelda no i'm not it's you what am i saying it's probably some uh odd japanese game nobody's ever heard of and uh <laughs> i don't know are you sure no i'm not sure okay but... you should already know this one this is a given Corey. i mean you said that the last time and i forgot i it's a game that i forget exists all the time so yeah Everybody, my number one game is Pikmin 4. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Corey. It was not what I thought. <laughs> Ochi. Is that your only the game? 
the game looks gorgeous. I, like I said, I screamed when he caught on fire. <laughs> and my feelings were like literally hurt. I apologize to a fictional character <laughs> to do it on a TV screen. Uh, to, and I did beat it, and I can't and I can't say anything until you beat the gangrene. Uh but like all the different Pikmin, even just like the world, and seeing that Nintendo used Unreal uh, Engine Five, uh, Miyamoto had his part. It's four. You know, had his part. four. It's four. Mm-hmm. I thought it was five. Okay. Um. Well, Unreal Engine that the, that they use four. Okay. Uh. Miyamoto, like having his influence uh, with the team and everything, and like I said, the the underground dungeons feel like Zelda dungeons, uh, even with the bosses. And it was just like I I said we did our uh, game kind of like our uh, our game of the year kind of thing, and uh, right up on Boss Rush Media, so you guys could check that out also. Uh, and I put that Miyamoto, it feels like Miyamoto ideas, his developments, uh, just the way that he made games was back and stuff. Because I miss Miyamoto developing games. I miss his creativity, his hands and stuff. Like, I really do miss that because I could feel it when I played to be like, yeah, this is a Miyamoto thing and stuff and the dungeons literally feel like old school zelda dungeons the boss fights the, <coughs> the puzzles the mechanics and stuff uh it's so good the world looks beautiful uh uh the battles against olimar uh it's fun and everything you know going against the computer and uh just like the people that you rescue and the items that you find it's so good like Ochi could equal 100 Pikmin picking up a watermelon and then taking it to the ship like it's so good and then the overnight stuff it's the overnight stuff like the zombie stuff is fine I didn't really do much in it because I 100%ed all four levels in this game uh four or five or i think it's four but there's more levels in in the after game so but i won't spoil you spoil everybody on what they are uh i 100 percent it i love the fact that i just don't have 30 days or a time limit i could literally go in and spend time explore the land open up new places like i love the fact that they give me time to do a lot because these places are big and I love the fact that when I go underground, the time freezes on the top side. Like, I love all of that. Like I said, Ochi is the best new character of the year for me. Uh, I want a plushie of him, uh, Mebo. If Nintendo put out a plushie, Corey, you would not see me for a bit. <laughs> I will put this podcast on hold <laughs> so I can pre-order one and have it shipped to me if need so. Because uh, this Pikmin 4 is just everything. It is the. I love Pikmin 3 because of how beautiful the graphics is. Um, I love Pikmin 1 and 2. I respect them, what they did. Pikmin 4 is the game of 2023 for me. Like, yeah, it's, there's no other game that comes close to it. Yeah, Pikmin 3 is definitely the uh, definitive version, the definitive <laughs> Pikmin. 
for sure. Yeah, just uh, Pikmin Four. Like it, it was hard because, like, like I said, I love Tears of the Kingdom. I love Octopath Traveler. I love the games that I got on my list. But I, I play Pikmin Four every day straight, and I have been waiting on you, Corey, to get it so we could talk about it more to see what we do and stuff. Even though you did get it a little bit later, and I was done with the game, I, I could not stop playing this game. Like. Even when I get, when I got home from work, even every time we got done with the podcast, I loaded that game up and I was playing. Like, and then seeing every uh, all these other people playing the game and loving it and stuff, uh, it was just amazing. And it's that joy that people for it gave me that made it my number one. So my number one. Uh, Nintendo game of 2023 is Pikmin 4. Nice. It's a good game. We we got a really good list. Uh, Pikmin 4, Tears of the Kingdom, Octopath Traveler 2, Super Mario Wonder, Advance Wars 1 and 2, Reboot Camp, Bayonetta Origins, Disney Illusion Island, Have a Nice Death, Metroid Prime Remaster, and Star Ocean is my top 10 games. Yeah, my top 10, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Disney Dreamlight Valley, Pikmin 4, Mario Wonder, Hogwarts Legacy, Metroid Prime Remastered, Sea of Stars, Super Mario RPG, Fire Emblem Engage, and Lunark is my list. So, Yes. Um, <laughs> Corey, are we doing any honorable mentions or anything, or are we saving that one? Um, I think we'll probably just save it at this point. Um, okay. You know, I think uh, we'll probably talk about it on Expansion Pass, honestly. Honorable okay. mentions. Uh, so, I this was another incredible year of video games. I don't yes. really know how 2024 can top it. I like there were so many great things to look forward to in 2023 that I really have no idea what's coming in 2024. Really, I mean, we had let's see, uh, and we'll get into this on the next episode for sure, but. Uh, obviously what we have princess peach showtime, the remake of Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Luigi's mansion, uh, that, uh, another code recollection. Is that what it's called in January? Yeah. Uh, I think that one got, is that the level five one? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one got delayed Did it? a little bit into 2024. Yeah, because people oh. thought it got delayed to twenty twenty five, and there was a translation mishap, so well, it delayed it to this year. But I think it's sometime this year. I don't know. Oh yeah. no, another code. That's the Nintendo game. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. You I was thinking about of Rain the Raincode came out this year. It was yeah. it was the other one that Level Five did. It was that detective one. Oh, uh, okay. So let's see. For Switch, we'll have in January. And again, we'll go over all this in a more detailed fashion on the next episode. But in January, we'll have Prince of Persia, uh, The Lost Crown. We'll have another code, Recollection. Uh, I need to download that demo. And Turnip Boy Robs a Bank. <laughs> uh, and then in February, we'll have... Um, let's see. I'm just kind of going through this real quick. 
in a quick skim, we'll have Azeret, the Jewel of Faramore. Must be some sort of indie game. Uh, Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered. Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Um, just, <laughs> Skull and Bone still has Stadia listed next to it in February. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh, and then we'll have the Star Wars Dark Forces remaster in February. So there's four or five games in February. Uh, March will be Unicorn Overlord, Princess Peach Showtime, South Park Snow Day. So, yeah, I mean, quarter Q1 is like shaping up to be something really great. And then obviously you have Luigi's Mansion and Paper Mario in there somewhere. So... Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Ed, 2023 is in the books. Yes, it is. So, I mean, like I said, we'll do our whole game of the year thing once, uh, you know, our bossy awards go out mid-January at some point. But uh, which you can vote on now. Uh, link will be in the show notes. So vote. Yes. Go vote. Go yes. vote. Uh, everybody's yes. vote counts. I've been practicing uh, my voice voiceover work uh, and everything. Uh, I I got I haven't did an audacity or anything, so I got to try to start working it in audacity, just practicing yeah. uh, and everything. So very uh very exciting, good stuff, good good stuff. Can't wait, can't wait. Yes. Well, everybody, that's going to be it for this episode of Nintendo Power Black. Like I said, we are back in the building. We got an exciting 2024 happening this year. Um, I will say, we don't know how the summer is going to go, even though it's going to be Summer Game Fest. Um, that is going to be one thing. Definitely, yeah. we're going to be planning and talking about way in the future when it gets close to that time. Because if Nintendo drops something, during that time that make us drop our jaw, <laughs> we'll definitely be talking about it. You'll definitely would get the news. <laughs> also, and, and, and on... oh, the Nintendo ahead, Direct right. might drop while I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh, of course it again, will. Uh, and then will we be texting like last time? <laughs> no, I mean, what we'll do, I'll take, uh, I'll take, uh, my maybe, maybe I'll take my laptop just in case, uh, and I'll throw something together. I mean, we'll do maybe we'll do a direct recap show. Maybe you and Stephanie can jump on and do one or something. But all right, uh, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. But man, this is gonna be just like the Switch reveal all over again. That's why I said how we're gonna be texting each other. <laughs> we were just like Corey, the trailer dropped. Yeah. Did yes. Text, 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 text. <laughs> you know, you was on vacation and we were just like still going out. I'm just like, are we podcasting the text form? Yeah, we are. <laughs> but with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Go vote for our bosses, uh, for our Boss Rush Media Game of the Year uh, awards. Uh, we got some good nominations uh, that you guys are going to be surprised about. Then everybody, we will see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody. Woohoo! Bye.
If you want to see how you can become a Patreon producer, head on over to patreon.com slash bossrushnetwork. The Patreon producers for this month are Adriel Munger, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Todd Oxtra. Thanks for your continued support of the Boss Rush Network and our family of podcasts.